Hey there, I'm Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. And this is Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. Where we buck the fear-based narrative and explore topics in a fun and unique way. All in service of personal growth. Welcome to episode five of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. I am your co-host, Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. And today's topic is money. But before we get into that, Jeff, tell us what you got on for your Zoom calls. All right. I got the the classic purple button downs, one of my first ones I bought when I started my coaching business. And I got a black and red basketball shorts. And uh, the only thing I'll say about this is these are my deepest pockets for my basketball shorts, which is great with our topic today. And I do use these to hide the remotes from my children. So, <laughs> yeah. How about you? What do you got going on over there? I got I got my classic uh, plain blue button down, um, which goes with anything. And no matter how many times I wear this, people can't tell if I wash it or not because it's so, so common. And then I got on... I got on my, my little camo, my camo shorts. You guys. Yeah. Um, so these are very comfortable and the pockets are medium size. Um, and as we segue into money, you guys got deep pockets, shallow pockets, or medium sized pockets. Um, so yeah, let's get into it, Jeff. Um, I got, I got a question. So just like starting off, like what was your relationship to money growing up? Um, yeah, I don't even think I had one. Uh, thankfully for me, I didn't really, I don't think I realized like what our family money situation was, mm-hmm. um, probably until high school. Um, my parent, I was the only child. My parents both worked in corporate America. You know, they gave me anything I wanted and what well, I needed and probably mostly what I wanted. And, uh, it was ma- mainly in the sports. So they were like, if you want to do it, go do it. There wasn't any reflection around money. There was never like, we can't do that because of money or you can only do this X amount of time because of money. We grew up in a townhouse in Santa Monica. So obviously I knew there was some gap. I was talking to my friends who had a you know, large house in Santa Monica, but I was super happy. All my friends lived in the neighborhood. Um, there wasn't really a talk in the household around money. Um, but again, when you're in high school, you know, more attention on clothes and material things and cars, that's where it started to change a little bit. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like it wasn't really much of a thing. Mm-hmm. And my parents did a pretty good job of not having it in my ecosystem with a negative relationship around money. I will say that on the flip side, uh, I have had to learn how to be careful and budget and you know, be smart and diligent with finances because that wasn't part of it either. Mm-hmm. So I was almost like ignored <laughs> growing up, um, which made it interesting when I was on my own. Yeah. Mm. How about you? Um, yeah, I'd say growing up. So I grew up in, in LA, LA. Shout out to Queen Anne Place. Still have some friends that live on that street. Um, back then I didn't really have a concept of money either so much, although 
I did grow up with a relatively disempowered relationship because I, I do remember my parents often saying, oh, we don't have enough money for that. Because I used to, <clears throat> every time we go to a store or something, oh, can I get this? Can I get that? No, we don't, we don't have money for that. Well, you don't need that. We don't have money for that. Um, to a point where I would, I would like, we would always get like birthday presents and like Christmas presents, right? And so, oh, can I, can I combine my birthday gift and my Christmas gift together and get this thing now today? Like, so I was already thinking in terms of that scarcity, trying to combine those things because I wanted something like right now, whatever, whatever GI Joe toy or, you know, whatever. Um, so generally I'd say it was a disempowering relationship and it, it got, it got more disempowering through in high school and all that kind of stuff, because like you're, like you were saying more about the material things, the clothing, the brands. Um, when we moved into, uh, a more upper middle-class neighborhood in Cerritos, um, that's when that, um, narrative started to really affect me because I wanted to be perceived as someone who's cool and, you know, with it. And I didn't want to be outcasted by an Ortiz or anything like that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it was for me growing up and it, and it affected me a lot. I think throughout, throughout, um, even through college, I had friends who would be very fixated on like making a lot, bunch of money. Yeah. And I remember saying, Hey man, it's not about money. It's not about money, but it was coming from my disempowered relationship to money, you know, of money is the root of all evil. Money's going to corrupt. Um, only like money hungry people are, are they're, they're, they're bad. And you could see it like in the movies, they're the drug dealers and the criminals. And I'm not one of those. So, and I don't want you to be one of those. So don't focus on money. You know, that was, that was the whole nonsense that was going on in my mind. And how do you think that affected like adulthood, like post-college, career, entrepreneurship? Like, how do you think that foundation, you know, set you up or didn't set you up well for those, you know, adventures coming up? Uh, totally didn't set me up well from that perspective. I think um, the perspective of like, like humility and in and, and like focusing on different things other than money helped me but at the same time you know i can't have one without the other i can't be truly happy without being having a, a really healthy relationship with money because then i'm going to continue to hold myself back and not be able to create freely and enjoy the creation that i create so it i mean i'm still working through it i mean i'm still working through what money is um how I'm attached or unattached to it, um, the power it has over me, um, and working through letting, letting go of that, that power it has over me, you know? So I think, it, I think it goes deep. Like it goes very deep. I don't know if I'll ever know how deep, but I do have a much, much healthier relationship with it now. How about, how about you? Well, I think acknowledging it helps, right? There's a lot of people who don't even acknowledge like they wouldn't necessarily have a an answer to like, what's your relationship with money? Mm -hmm. Um, I was always, you know, raised with the idea of if you want something, whether it be money or a material item, a house, a car, go work for it, mm -hmm. you know, go earn it. So money hasn't been 
disempowering per se. Mm-hmm. Um, although as I started making money and, you know, when I was a tennis pro and retired cause, and then I was broke, right. And then I had to like teach tennis and all of a sudden I was rich, you know, like in my, in my mind, right. It was a single mid 20 something. Right. Mm-hmm. And then even like when I got a check and I was like, why do I keep so little of what I just made mm-hmm. and having to get educated in taxes and tax brackets and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was always like, there wasn't enough. Mm. Um, and I think there's, you know, definitely some theory. I was just reading about it the other day in uh, million dollar habits by Brian, Brian Tracy, where there's a theory where the more you make your expenses go to that mm. second level, mm. you know, unless you kind of figure something out along the way. So I experienced that. I went from essentially being like broke to making money and then you know, you make a lot more money, but then you have expenses. Like I was renting and then I bought a house, right? And like, there's certain things where it's, it's pretty accurate. So, and then for me, it's like, you know, making money makes, like spending money makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I just said it on myself, like gift giving experiences, uh, any new toy or technology piece. Like, mm-hmm. like the next thing to look forward to and to spend. Yeah. So I had to get through that and be like intentional of like, okay, well, what's the purpose of this thing? Do I need this thing? Like, is this something I use or am I just trying to feel better? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing I do with like eating junk food, right? Or sweets. Mm-hmm. So like, we yeah, pub cheese, right? Shout out to pub cheese at the Harris Teeter in Matthews, North Carolina. Guys are doing it right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, well, what's the intention, right? So that was the thing I had to get really serious about my relationship with money from the intention standpoint. And what do I want long-term? And I think the hardest thing for me is delaying gratification because I didn't have to ever do that growing up. Or at least I didn't think I did, right? I don't know. I don't remember that being in my sphere of my parents. Um, I'm sure there was something I asked for they said no to. Because uh, I was just that kind of kid where if they're going to keep saying yes, I'm going to keep raising the ass. Um, but I remember having like a, you know, used car, you know, um, not very fancy car growing up, you know, my first car and then a, a, a decent hand-me-down for my dad, right? Where there was kids that was cool with that brand new BMWs. There was also kids who couldn't afford a car. So I think, you know, again, high school, I started to look at that and then I started to question. Then as I got older, especially, you know, when I was in my mid twenties and, and left the pro tour and money became a thing of like, well, I need to buy groceries and pay rent and all that stuff. Then it started to be like, okay, I have to be a little smarter. And now I look at my budget, a budget every single week and I'm keeping track of my money. And, you know, if nothing else, it brings the noticing of my spending habits, even if I don't change a lick. And then usually I do, I'm like, all right, well, let's alter this for the rest of the month, right? Like let's stop wasting money here. So it, it does help and definitely not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can always do better. I think relationship with money is like fitness, right? It's like, you're never going to be like, I'm good. I don't have to put any more attention to money or how I spend it or I'm being around it. I think it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And there's this, there's this transactional aspect of money that I've always had that I'm working on breaking up as well. Um, like for, for example, like 
I remember when I was, when I was growing up as a kid, my mom, my parents would always say, you don't sell things to your friends. You give them away. Right. But for some reason, I, I felt like there was, there was something disempowering about that, mm. you know, but at, at the same time, because of that belief, I felt bad about selling something to someone like it was, it was wrong to do that because yeah, giving, giving something and not expecting any kind of, you know, money from that was more of a gift from the heart. Right. But I was caught in this, this weird, like polarization of giving as a gift from my heart and not expecting anything in return. And also, Hey, there's value of this thing that I'm giving. And I really, I really want that value to be reciprocated, you know, because it's not just something that I would just give because I don't care about it. You know, like I really like this thing, you know? Um, but now it's more like, it's okay to receive money and it's okay to not receive money when I, when I give something or when I sell something, you know, and I, I think it's just a, it's a practice for me just noticing how I'm feeling when I'm doing it or where I, when I'm engaging in it. Um, maybe like li maybe little things, or maybe that's part of it. Like start with little things. Okay. Just give it, give it as gift. But if it became like, oh, I got this, this set of golf clubs to sell, you know, um, am I just going to give it to? Okay. Maybe it depends on who, right? Like where, where are these little things coming in? Like it's still like infiltrating my, my, my subconscious. Right. Um, but also just a practice of if, if there, if money was in abundance of every, everywhere, you know, and money translating to material things in abundance everywhere then I wouldn't even care about any of it, any, anything like receiving anything. Right. Um, so it's just noticing of that attachment to anything that I am giving, whether it's just straight cash or a gift and just being aware of like, okay, how am I feeling? You know, what, you know, it, what is this negative um, disempowering energy that's like infiltrating. Um, but it's, it's a really, really deep, complex, um, concept, I think this money thing, because it, it touches so many aspects of, of our lives. Right. Yeah. And it's crazy because money in itself is the most boring thing on the planet. Yeah. It's like a, it's a debit and credit T-chart and counting. You know, there's nothing sexy about here's what you spend, here's what you earned. That's it. That's all money is. Everything else is the window dressing we put on money. And I think that's where it gets convoluted because everyone's got a different spin on it. Mm -hmm. And we've been conditioned and trained and, you know, upbringings, right? Like I grew up as, you know, I was born in the early 80s, but grew up in the 90s with hip hop and like making stuff rain all over the place and all about the Benjamins. And you're like, that creeps in your psyche and into your subconscious. And, um, you know, I think watching my parents or corporate jobs and, you know, from what I saw, like they did really well. And I think they took pride in that. Um, and I don't think it has anything to do with a male female thing, although there are definitely dynamics there, but my mom, I think my mom out earned my dad probably early in their marriage and 
earn double his income. Hmm. Um, but I know like when I earn more or when I earn less, like I feel initially better or worse. Hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I mean, I can reroute that and shift that, but like naturally like that's kind of like how I have felt and seen, right? Um, so that's the relationship part. That's the, what are we making money mean about us? Right. Um, and it's like never ending again, like you make more, you're going to spend more, right? You're going to, it's like, you're constantly, we're constantly set up to have that go down that way. Unless mm -hmm. we stop that cuckoo train from coming down the tracks. And you know, if you, you end up giving someone a million bucks, they're going to spend 950,000 of it. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to be living off of the 50. And you're like, wait a second, mm -hmm. what just happened there? Um, so I think conditioning plays a role. Movies, television shows, songs. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's interesting. Every influential professor or mentor or business advisor has always been the one, like, whatever the mass population is doing, do the opposite. Mm -hmm. And those are the folks that have done the opposite with their relationship with money and got excited about saving, got excited about looking at opportunities and not knee-jerk reactions and really spending more time, right? You know, I've heard that smart investors spend as much time in looking at investment as they spend in earning that income that they're investing in, mm -hmm. right, or with. So I don't do that. I'm like, oh yeah, let's do this thing. Let's buy that. It's mm -hmm. like, well, hold on a second. How long would it take you to create that income to be able to do that? So I think it is intriguing and interesting because we all have these different starting points, the reference points, context around money. And yet there's still this Venn diagram where it's very similar at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this scarcity mindset of there's not enough. What if? Right. Because at the, at the end of the day, it's money is just a tool. And it's really just energy. And, I, and I've, I've heard somewhere where like the word currency, like to allow money to flow like, like a current, um, like energy, right? But it's, it's, our, it's our like natural desire to want to grasp onto that physical thing that we see and be attached to it. So it's, it's really like the tool of what that tool could do for us is what we're like really like drawn towards right at the end of the day um and that tool if if we don't if we don't have a relationship to it as something that's abundant and flowing and always flowing in and out then there's gonna it's gonna get stuck somewhere either the inflow or the outflow is gonna get stuck like a dirty toilet and we don't we all don't want dirty toilets now never do <laughs> so it's like that that mindset shift there's this book that i read uh it was recommended to me by a friend a long time ago called busting loose from the money game it's a really funky name but it, it it gets like it gets very esoteric that book um but i think there's a lot of like deep truth to it um it's not a typical book of oh, okay this is how you manage your expenses and um, inflow versus outflow. It's, it's a very like, like reprogramming your subconscious, um, 
type of book. And it blew my mind because at, at first I'm like, what the hell is this dude talking about? Um, but I think that's what it comes down to. We got to get back to like back off of the, the attachment to this physical thing that's going to give us this physical experience um, and more towards like, what is it? You know, what is the energy behind money? Which is just a completely made up thing. Somebody came up with it, you know? before it was like barter and trading with shells and whatever. Right. Um, and even before, I don't, you know, maybe it was just, I don't know what was used, but it's just, we, we believed in it and we have trust in it. And therefore now it's become something that we can attach to. Yeah. And I think the, the curious thing about money, it's like, it's not the Ferrari itself that you want. It's the feeling you get from owning and driving a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So it's like, can we create that without the Ferrari? Mm -hmm. Right. And look, nothing wrong with Ferraris. If I had one, I'm more than happy to drive one. So if anyone listening to this, want to give me a Ferrari, more than happy, send me a direct message to get you my address. But it's not the actual thing, right? It's not money or it's not the new toy or the new thing. It's like, well, what's that feeling you're going for or the experience? Mm -hmm. Can we generate that? And sure, like nothing wrong with money. Money, in my opinion, money creates more options. Mm -hmm. You only have a little bit of money and you're planning vacation or your circle of where you can stay and how much you could spend is this big. But if you have more money, then your circle is bigger, right? And that's just a metaphor for life. If you want to give to charity and you only have so much to give, that's awesome. Do it. And then, but if you make more, then you could give a whole lot more and give more of your time, right? For me, money is access to options and time. And I think that was a thing that once I realized, well, that's like what I'm going for is to be more philanthropic, to have more time, to have more flexibility. Then all of a sudden it really wasn't about the money. Money was the midway point mm -hmm. to the results that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, there was things I had to do or get over or shift to make that happen. Mm -hmm. um, ironically, I've never had an issue talking about like rates or services or money. Um, when I was, you know, high school and paying my coaches for tennis and, and sponsors and dealing with contract stuff, like I represented myself, like I had no problem mm. um, talking about money. And so I think that helped when now I offer coaching rates and here's my rate and I don't really have an issue with the value around that and speaking about money. Um, cause again, I've always been ingrained with like our time is valuable. Expertise is valuable. Mm -hmm. My fair market price, I have no problem with that. And I truly believe that it should be beneficial for everybody. And once it stops being beneficial for everyone, then maybe there, there's something to look at. But for me, it's whenever I get hyper-focused on money and it happens to everybody, right? Get some high bills or tax time or whatever, right? And I'm like, okay, well, let's dial back. What's, what's the experience I want? And how can I shift what I'm talking about now to focus more on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good, good thing that you brought up because all of like corporate America, for one, is basically perpetuating the scarcity mindset with regard to money, right? We only have this much money to pay this position. Yeah. And then so on and so forth. So then our, our own personal power and value is attached to 
that limitation of what that salary is or that, that pay, right, is. And as long as we stay in that loop, we won't be able to, to create a bigger flow of in and out flow of money because it's, it's going to be continue to be capped. Right. So it's like, and I, and I'm, I'm, I just came out of corporate America like a few years ago. Right. So most of my life, um, including watching my, my dad work and now he's living off his pension, but it was all based on a limitation of what amount of money that he could generate, i.e. limitation about how much money I could generate as well. Right. Um, but breaking out of that. And, and like you said, money is a means to create more and to be able to be more philanthropic and to create more and, and support more people and impact more people. Like how big of a flow can I, can I create, um, is, is really what I'm focusing on now and shifting that mindset. Um, at least for my family, that's been something that's been going on for generations. And I, for me, I want to stop that. I want to change it up. I want, I want abundance, you know? Yeah. I, if I could give millions of dollars every day to, to causes that I believe in, hell yeah. What a life, you know? Um, and that's what I'm ex excited about for one, for one is the influx of like entrepreneurial minded people, at least being open yeah. to generating their own income, like on the side, um, whatever it is they do, I'm opening up a shop or, or more of an online type of thing, because I think that's in service of creating that bigger flow. And if the, if the middle class, the largest group could create more of a flow on their own, um, more empowered, then I think that that would lead to more, more philanthropy overall, you know, instead of just people just focusing on themselves or their own immediate family or something, you know? Yeah. I think that's spot on. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're conditioned to believe, right? Uh, nothing against corporations or conventional jobs. I think that right now a society needs folks who want to do that. Mm -hmm. But I had a big issue with that. Like having someone tell me what I can make, when I can make it, when I can go on vacation, when I can go to the bathroom, like get out of here. <laughs> worse in school um so for me it's like all right well that's how we're conditioned and it's so to fill job right this is still going back to like factory worker mindset industrial and people who own industrial plants had to keep the factory workers in line mm. you know pun intended mm -hmm. so they couldn't dream big or think they could do it because then they would have no one work in the factory well now we have modern day factories, Apple, Google, Amazon. They might look different, but it's the same thing. And they incentivize people with stock options and large amounts of salaries. And look, I think that works for a lot of people. But even those people, I have personal friends out of those people and they're playing the game right back. They're only gonna be there for as long as they need to be there and then they're gonna go run their own company. And they're gonna use the knowledge and the seed money to do that. And kudos to them right? For, you know, playing the game and then playing the game within the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think corporations, there's nothing wrong with it, but it is definitely a profit over people situation. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that situation and you're, you're playing the game back on them, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people 
just don't know what they don't know. And they could make a lot more money or at least the same amount of money in, in half or a third of the time. Um, they just don't know. Um, I didn't know. My parents grew up in corporate. I've actually never worked in a traditional corporation. Um, and all my friends say, I wouldn't enjoy it too much. So uh, I appreciate their candor. But it's like, I think that's the condition we're talking about. It's like looking at the macro and looking at the micro to say, okay, well, where, what do I want? Right? Who do I know that has that? Can I seek mentorship or guidance from them? And yes, I got to take care of my bills. So most people are doing that while they have some steady flow of general job income. Um, but I think people would not feel the need to do that if they had something else. Now, if they love their job, great. Uh, then they just have more money to, to give more, to experience more of life. Um, but I think for me, that was like, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and I think the more people that just learn and grow and whether they take advantage or not, you're planting those seeds and then they become even more powered individuals at their work or starting own businesses or charities or whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. They are feeling good about themselves and their relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that that empowerment piece is, is the key. And at the individual level, if we can all become more empowered and have an empowered relationship with money, then even the corporations on the macro and the bigger level will have that same level of empowerment or similar level of magnified actually level of empowerment and be able to pay their people maybe yeah. closer to what they're actually worth. Yeah. And we're seeing, we're seeing a shift now. Like I've got a buddy who lives near me, he works for Wells Fargo and he's getting four months, hundred percent paid paternity leave. Mm. That didn't exist 10, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. The companies are getting smarter, providing more value, mm. both monetarily and non-monetarily. So yeah, I think you're right. It's like, it's the whole you know, global thing, uh, definitely in the U.S., but also global. So I think the more we're all attuned to it, the more we can switch it, shift it for the better. Right. And like, like the hot, one of the hot, to hottest topics right now is like crypto, right? It's crypto is just another tool. Mm -hmm. It's other means of exchange, right? And I, I love how I think the mindsets are opening up to different avenues because they're, they're feeling trapped and we want other ways to make more money and to create that bigger flow, right? But I think part of that trap is it's just another form of exchange, mm -hmm. right? The relationship to that energy of that energy that will create something more for your life that is, you know, to, to not lose the focus off of that because they could dangle all kinds of different new, new gadgets and new, um, exchanges and all that kind of stuff in front of your face. But at the end of the day, it's all the same. It's all a tool, right? Yeah. So if we're, if we're not like developing that relationship with that energy itself so that we have an empowered relationship with those tools, then it's going to be the same thing. It's just like the smoke and mirrors game, right? Taking our attention away and moving our energy and leaking that energy out towards other things on and on same old thing. Um, so I, I think, uh, that however that may play out for, for, for me and for you and for everybody else, it's to be, to create that empowered relationship. And it doesn't take a lot to start practicing that. No. And it's the process. Like, Mm -hmm. and, nothing, and nothing against crypto. I think I don't know enough to not, to be honest, but 
think a lot of people get trapped into getting rich quickly. Mm. And that's where, you know, that's not what crypto is trying to do. Mm. But people think that that's what they'll get. Mm -hmm. So true wealthy folks who have kind of like created a nice relationship with, with money and are using their money in all different kinds of great ways, they get wealthy slow. Mm -hmm. uh, the average millionaire takes 22 years to create their first million. You know, mm. and uh, you get rich quickly, you lose it quickly. How many lotto people win the lottery and then they come crashing down, right? So it's not the getting wealthy, getting rich thing. That's not really what this conversation is about. Mm -hmm. But I want to highlight that getting rich slow creates a highlight on the process mm -hmm. and who you need to become to be responsible with that kind of money. 100%. And that is where the secret sauce is. If you get rich quick, you miss the secret sauce. Mm -hmm. You just create the, in, the the income and then you lose the income because you don't actually have the system, the values, the approach, and the relationship to sustain and grow it from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, we've done some work here. We're gonna continue to do a lot of work here. Um, you know, to, to the people listening, wherever they are in this kind of doing work, not doing work, you know, what do you think is one action item that someone could take on today mm. that would support their growth in their relationship with money? Um, I'd say the whole transactional aspect of money, like to start breaking that up is really easy to, to, to do in practice. So, um, for example, um, just give money as a gift, as a pure gift with no expectation of return. So that could even look like, oh, the homeless person on the corner, you know, give them a dollar, 50 cents, whatever, whatever you feel is, is good for you, right? It has to be sustainable, of course. Um, give them a dollar. Don't care about what, what, what that person's going to use it for. It's not, it's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is do you want to give or not, right? Um, or like to friends or whatever, like if you're expecting like, like a loan, you know, like when are you going to pay it back? Um, then practice something different. Practice like here, you know, I, I got, I got 20 bucks. I don't need it, but I'll help you out. And it's yours. It's a gift, you know? So practice giving money itself, um, as a pure gift with no expectation of, of return or outcome. How about you? I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I got a fun one that I do every so often and I guess my clients is treating money like a person. Mm. So give money a name. So John, and then start to notice how you treat John throughout the day, throughout the week, how you get angry at John for no apparent reason, just blaming John for stuff. Because you'll start to realize that you are out of fact to something you've made up mm -hmm. and a topic that you just don't know enough about. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you start to notice like, okay, this was, if John was a real person, he was a friend of yours, would they even like, like you at all based on how you treat them? Mm -hmm. And yet we want money and we want to be, you know, have all the advantages of that. But we're not actually like being responsible, being kind, thinking ahead, um, having a relationship with money. Mm. Yeah, I love that, man. I might try it. I'm going to practice that myself. There you go. <laughs> so we got, we got give money freely, obviously within your means and, 
and and don't worry about whatever happens from that point. We got treat money like a person, give it a name, and just notice like how you're being with that person. Mm-hmm. Awesome, love it, man. Cool. This was episode five of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. Uh, if you liked our our talk, please send some comments. Um, get in touch with us. We love to hear your feedback. Um, and as always, if you have any special topics that you guys want to want want us to talk about, um, please share. Um, and thank you for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Sounds good. Thank you for checking out this episode of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. And if you got some value today, please subscribe and share. And we'll see you on the next one.